This is the British Broadcorp in castration. And now, for the young in heart and weak in the head, it's Round the Archives. What's that, go the regular listeners? No songs, no sketches, no jokes old and new. Hello. Hello. I'm Andrew. I'm Lisa. Welcome to episode 18 of Round the Archives. Indeed. Yes, we've got a bit of a clean start to this um, issue. Thanks to the lovely IT Williams for that announcement at the start. Yes. But we've got a lot of leftovers, haven't we? Well... From if that's how you want to describe le- leftovers. them. Leftovers. Well, well, there's just stuff. I mean, it sound like pilchards. Okay. We haven't got any pilchards. No. No. Um, that's Bobby Brewster. He used to sardines. eat pilchards. Oh, was it sardines? sardines. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. We'll get on to that in a minute as well. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yes, we have a lot of material um, left from last year that we haven't quite got around to using. Yes. So we thought... Oh, we, damn it, we'll we, just use it all we'll in one. We'll just use it all in episode 18, get it out of the way. And then episode 19 will be a, we'll fresh, be a fresh slate. A fresh start. Fresh start. Yes. So um, I was going to say state. All right, if you say Fresh so. state. Um, but what, start and slate. what have we got in the sort of news front? Various things. Yes. Um, Warren said he would have nicked Lady Cranley yes. in Black Orchid. Yeah. For As being, an accessory to murder. Yeah, that's right, yes. Yes. But she, obviously Sir Robert can't be asked. No. And the um, police cars have got the squeakiest brakes in the world, haven't they? Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) They should have nicked themselves for having, like, dangerous cars. (laughs) Dangerous cars. Old cars. Uh, Yes. Um, We've got a blog that we've started up, haven't we? Uh, It's had ridiculously a huge amount of views. Yes, it seems to have, um, yes, um, started a snowball already, which is frightening. Yes. Um, (laughs) Roundthearchives.blogspot.co.uk in which we'll sort of talk about behind-the-scenes stuff and our thoughts on just the making of... Mm -hmm of this podcast yeah. so every so far we've done one every day yeah, this will not, probably slow yeah not sure we'll keep that up but we've yeah. i keep finding bits of paper with old sketches yes. and things on that we haven't used so <laughs> it's remarkable just how much stuff we could dig out yes. um we were very pleased to be um featured on tim worthington's podcast yes which is looks unfamiliar mm-hmm. so check that out um we we got to talk about six things that uh, we, that we remember that we thought nobody, no, else, nobody else did. Yes. Um, so you chose um, three, and I chose three. And what did we talk about? We talked about um, uh, virtual murder for yes. me, and um, big John John for you. That's right, television yes. wise. Yes, yes. Um, we did. Uh, well, we don't. Let's not spoil it. Let's not yes. spoil it all. Um, but you can. Um, find that on Tim Worthington, mm-hmm. his blog, which is timworthington.blogspot.co.uk, funnily yes. enough. So, yes, yes. Um, so it looks unfamiliar. Issue 11, Lisa Parker and Andrew Trowbridge, quote, he looks like a normal boy with a nose. And there's a yes. picture of Big John, Little John. Who's not yeah. the little boy with a no, nose? No, that's something else that yes. you're talking about. But that was fun, wasn't it? Because we did that on Skype. And we we'd never really got skype to work before no. have we so but no, that not properly that was nice because warren yes. bought us a new microphone for he did thank uh, you warren christmas thank you 
Um, but now let's let's get a shift on, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. So first, sort of out of our archives, is mm-hmm. our discussion about the 60s of Doctor Who and yes. our favourite stories. Because mm-hmm. we only thought about doing it for the 70s issue, yes. didn't we? Then we and thought we couldn't really go back, obviously. No, then we thought, so, well, let's do it. Let's do the 60s. Let's do the 60s yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing coming up. And then we've got... What's what's after that? I don't know. Shall we find out? Yes, let's watch and see. Listen and see. See you soon. Bye. Hello. 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 Ooh, almost singing from me. We are on the sofa with Warren. We are. And we're going to to go through... The sixties of Doctor Who because yes. we didn't do it we didn't on do the it, no. earlier issue because we, no. 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 we didn't think of it until the seventies. No, we're going so, to go back. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the format, but no. we'll list the stories and choose our favourite story and why. Hmm. Now, of course, we're going to argue about what the first few stories are called, <laughs> aren't, yes. aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Let's just call it what what's on the DVDs. What's on the DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, an unearthly child. The Daleks, The Edge of Destruction, Marco Polo, The Keys of Marinus, The Aztecs, The Sensorites, The Reign of Terror. Who's gonna who's gonna jump in with this one? Warren, go the on. Aztecs. The Aztecs. The Aztecs. The Aztecs, hands down. Okay. Why the Aztecs? It's very powerful story. It has a wonderful character, Barbara one of the full-time companions, is Jackie Hill is a tour de force in this. Absolutely. She is brilliant. Um, And the others are happy to lend her the spotlight as well. Yeah. Uh, And bearing in mind that Billy's the leading man. Mm. He's not... He's not... I can't say That's the one. About that... In that particular story, is he? And also he gets engaged, which I think is a lovely bit of... um, and he sort of giggles there. as well. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. John Ringham. Oh, John Ringham's oh, fabulous. He's terrifying, isn't yeah. he? That close-up at the end of episode one. <laughs> no, she is a false god. <laughs> and I will destroy her. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. And he usually plays such nice people as well, John Ringham. Yes, he does, yeah. yeah. I always remember him doing the um, chocolate orange advert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. he's in the first episode of Dad's Army, isn't he? Is, yeah. 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 It's a really well-constructed story. Uh, it's got a cracking cast. Okay, there's a bit of flish, fish slapping, but it's 1960. Fish slapping. Fish slapping. <laughs> you better explain what you mean by that. <laughs> the fights. All right. The fight sequences with the swords are a bit fish slapping, but as I explained to you, you've got to be very gentle with the swords because the yeah. blasted things will break. It's 19... well, this, this is studio this fight is, scene. Yeah, this mm. is studio Sometimes D. people don't appreciate that a studio yeah. fight scene is very different to a fight scene shot on film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Less space as well. Yeah. Less space. Um, there's a, you've got to do it in it's one, one take. take. Yeah. It's yeah. one take. And we're looking at Lion Grove here. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, I will go for the Aztecs because it is a rock-solid story out of the whole of... I'm not, I'm not belittling uh, legendary stories like Dead Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dead Planet it can be viewed as a mon- um, a, an easy monster story, if you like. Yeah. But uh, you've got wonderful rumps like Keys of Marinus, but no um, Aztecs. Okay. Lisa? 
Well, obviously, I have to mention um, the first episode, An Unearthly Child, which mm-hmm. is an outstanding piece of drama. Uh, yes. Yep. It's Those 25 minutes are electric. Um, I like the rest of the story, and it goes down a little after that episode. But um, I think I'd probably have to go for sto- the story, again, for the Aztecs, just because okay. the feel of it. It's got a great feel. It's... Um, yeah, it's just, it feels proper Doctor Who. Even though there is no proper Doctor Who at this point, because they're still trying to work out what they're going to do. But I think the director likes doing this. Yes, he's enjoying he's, himself. You can see he's yeah. really thought this one through. This isn't a kid's programme to it's him. Not. This isn't a five-minute wonder. He's really put an investment into this, hasn't yeah. he? But yeah, so yeah, Aztecs. Okay. I'm going to go for the easy one and say the Daleks. But I'm going to try and explain why. Okay. Um, as you say, Lisa, they have, they are flying by the seat of their yeah. pants, making this show. They're just making it up as they go along. Yeah, obviously. decisions are made in the Daleks, which are, still affect the show to this day. Mm. Um, just how how do you show a Dalek shooting somebody? Well, we'll overexpose the camera, and the picture will turn negative. It's it's just things like that. Something is decided upon. Mm. Um, in a hurry because yeah. we need to get something on screen but that, that effect is there and, and that that's history yeah. television yeah. history being mm. made there's that shot I think of is it the Daleks shooting at a bit of wall by, yes, by yes. Uh, the cutaway shot yes. yeah it's, it's and the bit of wall yeah. sort of frizzling yeah. yeah and that that's a that's an ambitious sort of negative effect with some inlay and there's an awful lot of technical we hope we can we can get away with this yeah. and they do. So, sort of stuff, and they and do. they do. Right. It's you, Terry Nation writes this, and as he said, sort of walks away from it basically. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's left to the production team to attempt to do something. Later on, Terry Nation stories, I think, suffer from the fact that they're the same story. We, well, no. He, he he thinks well we got away with it last time. If I just write anything, they can they can achieve it, and that's not that's not the case at all. But um, I mean Hartnell in episode one with his mad hair oh, when he's yeah. holding up the um, the, the fluid link <laughs> is just wonderfully bonkers. Um, but I I I do remember that seeing it for the first time in very very wobbly wobbly vision because I, I think we had a, a a pirate video and yes if you sit down and watch it in one go it is too long of course mm. it is but and it's all, not designed all, to be watched yeah in one and go. all yeah all that stuff in the caves is yeah. is, is, is is a complete waste of time yeah, it goes on for too long but things like barbara going through the the corridor not knowing what she's going to do. It's like she puts her hand over the camera lens at yes, one point, yeah. which is a very odd thing to do. And it, it, as I say, it's just, it's just, we don't know what we're doing with this show. And, but look at the viewing figures. They start at 6.9 and finish at 10.4 by mm. the end. Of, so this is where the show really becomes gets popular. a future. Yeah. So this nows it. Let, let's cannot, yeah. Underestimate. Had the second story been a different 
story. We'll be still be talking about yeah. That at this, point. No, this is this is the story that no. assures us a future. It so would it wouldn't have made the end of the first year mm. probably. Yeah. And as you young people say, boom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's zoom on. Uh-huh. Season two. This is where the show really hits the sort of viewing figures. You look yeah. at these. Planet of Giants, the Dalek Invasion of Earth, the Rescue, the Romans, the Web Planet, the Crusade, the Space Museum, the Chase, <laughs> the Time Meddler. Ooh. There's a big range of styles mm. and stories here. So, who wants to go first? Me, mm. I'm going to say the Romans. Yeah, um, Romans is fun. The Romans is a story I can... It's probably the story I've rewatched most out of this season. And I, I'm i interested when people do the thing of going through Doctor Who as a, as a journey, having never sort of seen classic Who before. There's a lot of people that have done this, either in blog form or uh, in reactions and things like yeah. that. And the Romans always seems to go down well with people um it's not attempting anything too ambitious uh the humor in it is so it's it's a surprise after some of the dark material you've got in things like dalek invasion of earth Mm -hmm. you know that starts with the suicide um but hartnell's really having fun his fight sequence is is (laughs) in in the start of part two is very very funny you get to see Barry Jackson's Barry, Roman yeah, pants, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just such a such a fun story to watch. And yeah. as we always say, that's a good thing in itself. It's fun, but it's got some really nasty moments in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, yeah, uh, like the thing with um, Ty Gellis, is it when he drinks the drinks? The oh, drink, Tigilinus, the cupbearer, and he's he, he's poisoned, and, and Nero just he doesn't even look at him really he just yeah. sort of walks away that, that's his job to die yeah. isn't it and yeah. the same thing where they've just had the the fight in the gladiatorial arena mm. and um, he asks a soldier for uh, Nero asks a soldier for his sword yeah and you think he's just about to stab Barbara oh yes and, and stabs, stabs a soldier yeah. and casually says he didn't fight hard enough yeah mm. okay and I thought that was very cold and chilling yeah. alright Lisa your, your choice uh oh I'm probably going to have to go for the crusade. Oh, okay. Because again, because it's, it's the only story for which half is half is, is missing. missing. Yeah, but it's again, it's really dark in places. Really dark. I mean, that 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 speech of um, Elakia. You know, the only pleasure left for you is death. Yeah, and death is very far away. And you just know, oh my God, That's what's he going to do, do to her? her? Yeah, and then you know. we had a copy of that. Do you remember? Yes. Uh, and in the background, somebody went, "Yeah," as the titles are cued to go up. <laughs> but yeah, that is so chilling, isn't it? Yeah. That turns my blood cold. And it's, it's Walter Randall, and Walter yeah. Randall's he's in the Aztecs playing a completely different character. Yes. Yeah. And he's he will in, go on to play other different he's characters. He's in the Aztecs DVD. Yeah, he as is. Well, he with is. His, with his belly. With his belly, bless him. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know, I'm sorry. You've got Julian Glover at the top of his game. Yeah, you've got um, um, Bird with the Nose. Yeah. Jean Marsh. <laughs> sorry, Bird um, with the Nose. I, I'm sorry. So yeah, it's a really great story. It's a great story. D- just interesting. Um episode three was the only one that existed at the time yeah um when you know when we were first started getting things um then episode one turned up in 1999 i believe yeah. um 
yeah, it's just so tantalising that the episodes two and four still haven't been found mm. and it would be lovely just to complete a whole season of black and white Doctor Who yeah. wouldn't it mm. yeah, it's, we're so close but it mm. might never happen yeah. oh, and, it's, and it's Douglas Canfield's first yeah, directing yeah, yeah. Doctor Who you've seen William Russell in Sir Lancelot yes if we were to get the whole of the crusade back where he becomes a knight yeah. yes how bizarre is that who's William Russell playing here is he playing Ian playing um a knight, yeah. Or is what, he just playing, playing Sir Lancelot? Lancelot. He's, play, he's playing. He's Ian playing a knight. He's Isn't not it? playing Sir Lancelot. Well, I mean, Sir Lancelot is basically Ian anyway. There we go. But. So it's a weird merry-go-round that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Warren, what's your, your I've got, choice? I've got such a problem with making a decision on this. Mm. Um, I love. Can I just go quickly dip in with a couple? Web yeah. Planet. I love the fact that they have been very revolutionary there and yeah. go. Let's push this as far as we can with what we've got yeah and yeah it falls down in places yeah you've got a zombie running into a camera but i you, like that oh. i like this it's, it's quite you've got the odd grub grub creatures yeah uh, uh but you've got the giant uh, the giant butterfly the monoptera yeah it's, it's just a wonderful totally left field but it's not my favorite one it's going to be the last one mm-hmm. of the season time meddler it's time. going to be time meddler Ooh, why yeah. the time meddler because things are changing, things are changing. That that the, the uh, concept is settling now, and Bill actually looks as though he's having fun in Time Meddler. He does look like he's having fun. We've got yeah. Peter Butterworth. Yeah. Okay, some criticise his um, uh, his his style as acting for the kids, mm. but he's a Time Lord. He's alien. He and he's having fun, isn't he? And Time Lords aren't supposed to have fun, so they don't know how to behave. So he's going around and going, oh, I've got a time ship, what can I do? I'll steal a bit of this, I'll steal a bit of that, I'll have a little bit of fun, because that's what I've got a time machine for. That's possibly what the Doctor could be jealous of, because he has a moralistic stance, but he could so easily slip into the Peter Butterworth character. Mm. Uh, and I just love the fact of interfering with history and somebody's got to be stopped. He must be stopped! Mm-hmm. But um, the story has settled down. We've got new companions now. So we've got a, a, a your action man. Set, um, Peter Purvis is replacing um, Russell Enoch. Um, we're carrying on with Vicky and Maureen O'Brien. But I think they're, they're those two work together they, so they well. They really do, yeah. They gel together yeah. very well. And I think they all gel with Hartnell very well, considering he's lost his rocks. His yeah. three rocks have left now, haven't they? Mm. And for this story, though, he seems to be having so much fun. Um, he goes into the encampment. He has a bit of wine. In these. Yeah. The doctor hasn't drunk alcohol. Yeah. He's yeah. relaxed. And he's he's moving on away from the past that he's left with Barbara, uh, Ian and uh, uh, Susan. And he's moving on. And, and I think as a as an audience, we move on as well. And once again, it's another Dougie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Season 3 of Doctor Who Galaxy 4 Mission to the Unknown The Myth Makers The Daleks Master Plan The Massacre Brackets of St Bartholomew's Eve The Ark The Celestial Toymaker The Gunfighters The Savages The War Machines Very wide ranging set of stories again Where shall we start? Warren We recently reviewed and I did say it was 
my favourite Hartnell story. So I'm going to remove it from this because I think that would be. So you're talking about the gunfighters? Yeah, I'm going to remove the gunfighters from this season if you don't mind. Okay. Because that would be far too obvious. And I'm going for the Myth Makers. Ooh. The other Donald Cotton story. The other Donald Cotton story. Yeah. And again, this is a very dark story. Mm -hmm. And people got. It's humorous. Yeah, it starts off in a very humorous, light way. By the end, everybody's dead. By the way, yeah. And you know where history's heading. And it's the runaway train. You can't stop. And the problem is you're beginning to like the characters who you know have no chance of surviving this whatsoever. We have the departure of Vicky as well, which was an interesting way of doing it. It's the almost the marrying or off Leela type. Um, however, the humour is brilliant, and I can Im- and having listened to the audio, Billy's having fun um, when he's stuck inside the horse. <laughs> I, I should do, have put shock absorbers into I this. I do thing. wonder how that was shot. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be very interesting to that all the cast. See are not camping it up in any way at all because some of it's very light and some of it's exceptionally dark and it's played for drama and I think it's what Who does so well takes a historical story adds a little bit of humour in there adds a little bit of its own um, elasticity shall we say with the facts Mm. but you end up with a very good drama and that is exceptionally dark and I do like it Okay, Lisa Okay. um do you want to see the list again? Yes, I do want to see the list again because <laughs> I've forgotten what half of them are. So, Galaxy Fall Mission, Mythmakers, Dalek's Master Plan, Massacre, Ark, Celestial Toymaker, Gunfighters, Savages, War Machines. I think I'm going to go for the War Machines, actually. The War, the war Machines. Machines. The War Machines. The war machines. The war machines. <laughs> because it's, it's the first... That's a Sonic Wave joke, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's the first modern Doctor Who. Right. It's the first time Doctor Who's been in the modern... In the time it was airing since the first episode of an unearthly child mm-hmm. and it brings it up to date i'm sorry didn't we land at the end of st bonifu uh Basker, st. Bonifu yeah, in for five Wimbledon. five minutes still five minutes yeah, there's no adventure doesn't count and slap to the ground and the, ch- and the chase <laughs> and the chase again yeah. it's only two of the characters it's not all of the characters hold on a minute em- you em- can't read yes i can all oh, right, all oh, right. Not for a whole story. Right, it's anyway. still the first proper <laughs> modern Doctor Who story. Right, sorry. So, Basil, it's the <laughs> it's the first time the Doctor interacts with um, the authorities. Yes, it's the first time he shows that he's somebody to be relied upon. Mm-hmm. He can sense evil. It's an interesting story. He interacts story. with the authorities in the Dark's Master Plan piece to Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't believe him, do they? Mm, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Warren, you did remove the gunfighters from your list, but no. I don't want to go through this no. list of stories and not say the gunfighters no, no. for me. No, I can understand that. Yes, we have already talked about it and I as I said in my opening line why don't people like it more it is just such fun to watch (laughs) and rewatch I I came very close to saying the gunfighters I decided to be different 
Yes, but, yeah, it, that's why I had to remove it. it it's <laughs> the sheer joy of seeing a Hartnell's doctor in the Wild West. Yes, completely out of his depth. Out of his depth. It's it's um dad dancing at weddings, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. it's just wonderful to see his meeting with the Clandon brothers oh dear oh dear I mean how do you do hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that that those episode two scenes are, are wonderful. wonderful but in, yeah. in the same way that you said about the myth makers and we we have said this before the way the gunfighters just gets it gets darker it's just darker and darker, darker and darker, and darker. Um, so yeah I refer you to our to our review really yeah, but yeah. it is it is still my favorite of that season but yeah i mean certainly i i would i would say that the war machines is also groundbreaking in its what it's what it's trying to do and yes again it's a story that massively affects the way the future of the show is is and going to go and a story that could be um, brought in to today Yes. Oh, yes. We're talking you, internet here, yes, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you could rewrite that story. Something uh, nasty in the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. Or the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Or something nasty in the Hi-Fi. The Hi-Fi. Hi-fi. Yeah. <laughs> As Hartner would have said. Uh, season four: The Smugglers, The Tenth Planet, The Power of the Daleks, The Highlanders, The Underwater Menace, The Moonbase, The Macro Terror, The Faceless Ones, The Evil of the Daleks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Somebody make a choice out of that I list. I think it has to be the tenth planet for me because it's so Ooh. groundbreaking. Okay. What it does, but I'm going to do an honourable mention for the underwater menace. Okay. Because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tenth planet. You know, it's it's a bog standard Doctor Who story. Oh, there's these new monsters. They're they're called Cybermen. Isolated. Yeah. Isolated. Yeah. You know, base under siege. All this. Robert Beasley. Setting up what's going to happen in the Trouton era. Mm-hmm. A lot, yeah. Um, and then something comes out of the left field because the lead actor's gone. He's gone, and he's got a new face. And it's like, wow, you know. And without it, Doctor Who wouldn't be here now. Okay, it would have finished when Hartnell decided to leave, mm-hmm. or was told to leave. <laughs> Whatever happened, Warren. I'm going to ignore the the remaining Hartnell stories. I think Lisa has done those total justice. Right to the bottom, please. Right to the bottom, the evil of the Daleks. The, the final end. Ooh. The evil of the Daleks mm-hmm. has got so much going for it. It's one of those stories that I wish so much was in the archive. Mm. It, it, and it encapsulates the title wonderfully. It is evil. There's this horrible concept of something um, quite evil, um, totally unhuman, trying to become us... Uh, succeeding in a certain ex- uh, su- certain way and starting the civil war on Scarone hence perhaps the end of the Daleks but there's there's a lot of things that go on in that story you've got a lot of Quislings mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you've got Maxible weird hair if we're talking yeah. hair again mad scientist mad hair. scientist cigar round mm. glasses and you have you've got Waterfield Wonderful, straight down the line, Victorian gentleman uh, looking for the best for his daughter. Uh, Victoria Waterfield, Debbie Watling. Mm-hmm. What isn't there to like about Debs in this story? No, she's wonderful. Because the weight of yeah. her body has fallen by 17 ounces. Yes. And she must not flee the flying pest outside. outside. Yes. yes. 
uh, Fraser is in his element in this story, isn't mm. he? Mm. And there's a, a lovely natural move on from the faceless ones into the evil of the Daleks. And we haven't had that for a while. They've mm. all been clear individual stories. Mm -hmm. But there's a linking narrative there. But it goes so many places. And it, it, it's a concept of giving humanity to the Daleks, which is more chilling than you could possibly think. Well, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Warren. I think the evil of the Daleks, its position in the season, right at the end, I think it's the first time the show really attempts a season finale. Yeah. That other stories, like The Reign of Terror, it's the last story in the season. This is... This is got the feeling of it's a biggie um and you said about it being missing i remember our um audio recordings of it but do you remember when episode two turned up yeah that would have been 1987 yep and we managed to get, get a a, an atrocious Oops. copy of episode two and it was fantastic glued to it weren't yes yeah. uh, again it was it was almost unwatchable yeah but we didn't care because it was so good and yeah the, the the hope that you we could see episode six or seven yeah i, I really wish we could because again you've got the emperor dalek and we we didn't even know such a thing existed no. No. um i would say that i know terry nation wasn't that keen on sort of some aspects of David Whittaker's writing for the Daleks because he said um, the Daleks were too nice in this or something but that's the whole point that, yeah. that, that they deceptively so yeah, yes and I think Terry is a great ideas man mm -hmm. but sometimes other people can take his ideas and push them in and do well, them better in a whole new direction yeah. and I yeah. think David Whittaker's script here um, again, it's it's the whole alchemy stuff and the and the, and the Victorian science thing, which which I always love. I mean, there's that shot in episode two, in in the lab, or the bubbling, where, yeah, all yeah. the bubbling stuff, and and that you know, as a scientist, I know that's nonsense because it's real hammer chem horror, isn't chemistry it? doesn't yeah. look like that. No, but, chemist look, but yeah. chemistry in films and television should look like that. Yeah. yeah. And is a camera sort of shooting through, and and the door opens, and Maxtable's there, yeah. and then the camera moves up, and it's just a lovely bit of framing, and I just love to see what the rest of that story looks like, just in terms of visuals, because uh, I think I think it would be brilliant. Yes, we've got the tele snaps, but, but even so, but Pat's doctor, mm. he's very, I would say he's very light in the stories we've had previous. Yeah, this one he he he's got more depth to yes. him in this. He is using his companion, mm. and he doesn't like it. But he's he's doing it for bigger reasons. Bigger yeah. reasons, but not necessarily the right reasons, I think, either. Because yeah. he's just as curious as the Daleks are as to, to see what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah. right. Season five. Oh. Ooh, once upon a time, this would have been almost impossible because so much was it. Yeah, of it was mm. missing. But now we've got, I think, a better idea. Uh, the Tomb of the Cybermen, the Abominable Snowmen, the Ice Warriors, the Enemy of the World, the Web of Fear, Fury from the Deep, the Wheel in Space. Lisa, you go. Uh, it's it's a really close thing, this one, mm -hmm. um, between the Enemy of the World and the Web of Fear. Okay. But I'm going to go for the Web of Fear. Okay, why? But the Enemy of the World is so much better than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
from the, from the previously surprised uh, surviving episode it's you know it's it's brilliant but the web of fear has got so much atmosphere um it's eerie it's it's, it's just an interesting idea and again it's it's just the classic trap thing of base under siege from a menace that how do you stop it how do you stop this weird web fog thing you know it's just going to keep on coming keep on coming and keep on coming till everybody's dead so yeah it's very claustrophobic mm -hmm. Warren Fury from the Deep oh Victor. the only story for which there's no existing episode why yeah. is that then even on audio it has an impact okay. um, and it, you, you, I use my imagination a lot for it mm -hmm. Uh, but I've listened to Victor Pemberton's A Slide. Ah, yes. And I've never heard that. It's worth listening to, and then listen to Fury from the Deep. Okay. And you can see where he's taking the accepted and the mundane and the normal and turning it against us. There's something in the sea, and let's face it, the, the, this planet of ours is covered in so much water and has so much depth that we don't know about what's at that depth. Um why can't there be something that will come from the base of the sea and um, wreak havoc with us? And it's the the wonderful ca characters he created, the, the manic Laurel and Hardy of Mr. Oak <laughs> and Mr. Quill. It is it is base under siege. However, the, you know, Victoria has made a decision that she's getting fed up with screaming. She's getting fed up with you know, taking her life in her hand on these travels, and that is evident throughout the story as well. And so there's a natural progression to her leaving, but yet the story isn't all about her. Uh, and there's nice rounded characters that I, I I love um, the base leader. Mm -hmm. uh, I I love the single mindedness purpose, and then you know he's going to be taken over because his susceptibility become more and more obvious um and i i i just imagine him with at the end of that episode uh, where they go out to the um to to the rigs and open the door and he's in the middle of that room oh, yes, surrounded yeah. by in foam foes, and seaweed yeah. Yeah. and those shots you can you can see on the internet of of the guy dressed up in the seaweed oh, yeah. in in the small studio and it's looking fantastic. That can look amazing on the right lens, isn't it? Mm. And the way that shot. But I, I love the story. There's so much going on. Yes, it's based on your siege. Trout is really good at a base on your siege. But I think that that defines it there. Yeah. It rolls that season to a, a very sad conclusion, but it, it rolls it rolls it to a wonderful conclusion. Once again, that's a, a bit like us talking about. Oh, this season here is finishing on a high. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. It's it's built up and it's rolled along it's finished on the highway like uh, Sylvester's last season yeah okay um this is difficult again yeah web of fear when it turned up mm. was fantastic brilliant episode four the the uh, battle scene yeah sequences are amazing but I'm gonna say the tomb of the Cybermen yeah uh, because I remember the excitement when it turned up um we had it on audio, and we had a pretty good audio copy of it, I seem to recall. And all the stock music made it sound very strange indeed. 
Um, but then when out of the blue it turned up and was rush released on video, I remember <laughs> you coming round with the with a copy of it, Warren. It got released. I, yeah, I you got it early. Got it early. It had been put on the shelf at Selfridges. I was up in London that week and yeah. missing my auntie. It was on the shelf, and it shouldn't have been three days early. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm having that." Because <laughs> I remember Fiona had gone to buy a copy, um, and she said, "I'll I'll pick you one up. Just give me the money when I." And she came round our house whilst you were still there yeah and she said I've got you Tomb of the Cybermen and we went it's good isn't it (laughs) (laughs) and it was oh have you seen it (laughs) yes have you seen it Uh, but yeah that that it it was a story that was always built up as you know one of the pinnacles of the show and inevitably it's never going to quite look like what you expect yeah. um i'd read the book and the the i'd always got the feeling that the when they went to the sort of below ground stuff that the tunnels were a lot lower like you almost had to bend i don't know quite why and that that the uh honeycomb was just at the end of a circular tunnel despite having seen the production photos of what the tomb looked like i had in my mm. sort of head it was even more claustrophobic um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of six part stories around this time, and arguably some of them are a bit too long in places. So having a having a four part story to open the season is great. That the whole sort of um, mummy type imagery that you've got going on here in the the yeah, DVD story. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a DVD documentary which which talks about that a bit more. But yeah, it's it's just lovely to to see. It was just lovely to see that story come back, and frighteningly, it's a long time ago now. So yeah, yeah it is actually twenty five years ago. Oh yes, indeed. Possible. Anything is possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Anything the thing. Is possible. We never thought we'd see it, and then yeah. one day you could buy it in the shop. Yeah, and uh, that that was <laughs> astonishing. So soon after it was found in yeah. Hong Kong. Right, Ooh. season six. The end of the black and white era? Mm-hmm. The Dominators, the Mind Robber, the Invasion, the Crotons, the Seeds of Death, the Space Pirates, the War Games. Mm. Wow, well, it's got to be Space Pirates, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> are you? Yes. It's, totally. it's hard to tell sometimes. No, no, no. Definitely Warren, not. then, what, definitely. what are you going to go for? Oh. Heck. I think there are three very strong contenders here. There are, but the the, the issue is they're all long stories. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go for the longest of them all. Right. I am going to go for War Machine. Uh, War Machine. <laughs> I'm going to go for War Games. Right. Um, but when you watch it, it doesn't seem like ten episodes. It really, no, it doesn't. Um, it races along mm-hmm. and there are so many unanswered questions and they are wrapped up towards the end and um, the scenarios are quite fun uh, th- the first world war some of the characters there go um, von Reich German zone <laughs> it, 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 was, it was taking concepts of war is a very difficult thing to do in a family show Uh but they did write because there's a lot of morality in the story isn't there mm-hmm. about how war is wrong and somebody's uh, taking soldiers and perverting 
perverting the actions that they're going through naturally in their own time zones just to recruit them and i can't understand that the, the big plot fall, hole i would fall through is they were getting to fight each other to find out who were going to be the best soldiers to be in a, a universal army weren't mm. they yeah um well surely the weapons and the environment that they would be would sort of blow their minds wouldn't yeah. it if you're if, you know if you're a roman or a but i love the story and the the, the companions and the doctor have never been so close mm. zoe um jamie and the doctor have never been so close and the last two episodes nail it for me yeah um it's you can watch the two episodes stand alone to a certain extent but yeah, those two episodes nail it for me. And it's a lovely, lovely finale. It The story sums up most of the Troutmere, actually. Mm. I've just remembered. Um, there, I, We said in one of these other pieces that I saw Paradise Terrors Part 3 in black and white. I, mm. we, I also got um, Silver Nemesis Part 1 in black and white. And I remember why now. Because you came round my house and we watched the War Games episode ten and before we switched it over, yeah. Silver Nemesis was broadcast and we switched the switch on my video to get rid of the the colour yeah. so it looked better and forgot to switch it back for the for Silver <laughs> Nemesis part one. So that's the reason I had Silver Nemesis part one in black and white was because of the War Games part ten. <laughs> anyway, Lisa, thank the War Games for that. Okay. Then. Yeah. Um, what, what are you going to go for? Oh, this is hard. Mm, this is a nice. hard one. Uh, it's probably going to have to be the war games, I think, okay. but it's very closely followed by the invasion because okay. the invasion yeah, I, I is wonderful. That. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and Tobias Fawn is possibly the best villain up yeah. to this point. Okay. But yeah, it's just it's it's got such a big range. The war games, you know, you've got the First World War zone, you've got the Roman zone, you've got all the stuff with the aliens. Um, the war, Lord. Lord. Yeah, and oh, yeah, there's some really extraordinary performances. It is a very extraordinary yeah, performance yeah. from a soft I cheese. Mean, <laughs> our Julia Villar as well. He's oh. very over the top and the van jumpy the up and down. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's the end. Pat deserved. Yeah, yeah. It's the final story he deserved. So. Yeah, that's it, really. It's that last section, isn't it? Yeah. Which is Total Troughton, where he's picking the faces. Yeah. yeah. No, no, and that one's like, too No, old. no, this is 100% Troughton's doctor. And ever since, this is a credible bunch. Yeah. <laughs> that is Troughton's doctor in a nutshell there. <laughs> right. Uh, my choice. Again, I think the three contenders for me are the invasion. Mm-hmm. The weirdness of the mind robber, especially yeah. Yeah. episode one, yeah. which is made out of nothing. Yes. Yeah. Literally, they they have nothing to it's, make an it's episode. A studio out of. and some borrowed robots. And yeah. it's one of my favourite black and white episodes. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to agree with you all and say the war games as well. I mean, Terence Sticks sometimes used to say it was far too long. It's slightly too long, perhaps. It's not far too long. And that's down to David Maloney keeping the pace up all the way through this this story. Yeah, those last... That last episode is... Again, it's, as we said with the Daleks, as we said with the Tenth Planet, it's the show desperately reinventing itself 
again, they're just making it up. Yeah. There, there was no plan a few weeks before as as to the Time Lords or anything like that. Oh, just make something up and we'll put it on the screen and it might work. <laughs> and that's what I love, the sheer desperation of we need an explanation for why the Doctor's like he is. Yeah. Um, why he runs away. Uh, and, and, and it's something, if you watch the show in order, nothing is nailed down at first. There's no grand plan for Doctor Who. It's it's simple it's improvisation from week to week, from month to month, and, and the war, the War Games episode ten is, is that in an absolute nutshell. Because um, there isn't it like is it episode six the the name Time Lords is just just thrown into thrown the mix in there, casually, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you've got no idea again that this is going to affect the show the forevermore. Yeah. So then, is is uh, the character of the war chief. Mm. Is it the master? Is it the master? No. I asked that question because he is wearing the seal, the seal yeah. of Rassilon. Because no, he's, he's, he's not. Ho- but no, he holds it up. It says, "You can see." But I'm explaining. I'm wearing the seal of our people. Is that the? Is that it's... the president's personal force shield? So when he's killed by the guards <laughs> at the end. All right. That's the option I was I was looking for, but you don't think it's the master? No, because the thing he holds up is the thing from Dalek Master Plan Episode Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take. Yeah, but then again, we could but say that seaweedy no, thing is it? Is, is, is wearing. Then we could say then um, the Time Lords all come from the planet. Is it Zephon? Yes, yeah. we could all come from the planet Voga. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. So yeah. if we take that out there, yeah. could that possibly? Would he be? He's a forerunner, isn't he? he you Very can see so. the link in Terence Dix's head between yeah. the characters, but I, I, th- I don't think they are the same character at all. But um, he is a very pantomime villain, though, mm. isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the War Games is, is, is fantastic, and again, it could have all fallen apart. Yeah. Because it, it's an ambi- the idea of doing a 10 part story in, one, in one setting. In Unlike Dalek yeah. Master Plan, where you're flitting all over the place and can, you know. The production office would have been pulling its hair out. <laughs> but there we go. That's the end mm-hmm. of the black and white era. And I think we all agree it ends on an absolute high. Oh, yes, it? Definitely. Yeah. definitely. There we go then. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you to Warren yes, for helping thank us you, with Warren. that. It's an, another interesting article. Yes, it yeah. turned out a bit longer than we thought. But yes. well, it was always going to be longer when it's it's the sixties and and Pat Trout and longer and seasons and longer lots seasons. to talk about. Yes, um, Warren will return later in the issue when we tackle the eighties. He will. Well, part two of the eighties. Well, the, yes, yes. So the rest of the eighties. Because we've already done Peter Davison. We have. Right. Uh, next up. Um, also from the archives is mm-hmm. an interview with Russell Pengelly. Yes. Hello, I'm here today with. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Russell. And what is your relationship with me? Uh, I'm your nephew. You are my nephew. Lisa's my auntie, everyone. That makes me sound really old, and I'm not really old. (laughs) I'm going to ask Russell some questions, because Russell likes um, a lot of archive television and radio, don't you, Russell? I do indeed, yes. So, Right, the first question is, what is your first television memory? 
Wow. Um, do you know what I think it is? I, I think television memory. Oh, so I'm thinking of a film. The well, first, it could be a film on television. It doesn't have to be a television, my fir- television my, memory. The first thing that I remember is probably carrying up the Kyber, actually. Right. And watching it as a child. Because um, I used to have a little black and white portable TV that was about six inches across. Oh, right, yeah. And I remember watching it, and that started me sort of like on a bit of a sort of like relationship with a carry-on films that lasted for quite a long time. That's probably my first TV memory that I can remember. Right. And do you know what your first television programme you remember was? Hmm. Is it something like Fraggle Rock or...? Probably something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I'm, I was always into probably sort of like, you know, all the old comedy series when I was a kid anyway. Right. Yes. So Are You Being Served and... All that sort of thing. That sort of thing. We won't be going back to Fraggle Rock in a little bit. <laughs> so, what scared you as a child? Mm, spiders, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I meant on television, but... <laughs> it's good to know that you're scared of spiders in case we ever need to... You I don't know. know. I mean, I've never liked horror films. Never. Right. So, you know, I've always avoided watching horror. Um, so, I don't know, really. I, I can't see anything on television really frightened me. Because, I mean, for instance, I was quite scared of Statler and Waldorf on the Muppets. Really? Yeah. And Andrew didn't like Humphrey Cushing, did you? So, you know. I don't know. I can't think of anything, really, particularly on that. It must be must mean you're a very well-adjusted child. Then. I don't know. I think it was just because I had scary sisters. So Possibly. Not a lot so nothing else was scary. <laughs> um, what is your... Who is... Oh, sorry. Who is your favourite doctor? And why? John Pertwee. Right. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and why is John Pertwee your favourite doctor? I don't know. Do you know, I think he just brought so much charisma to the role. And it, it, I loved the way he dressed. And it, I think it was just the whole... It was just the whole character that he, he drew up as Doctor Who. I really do look at him as the proper Doctor Who. He, he just embodies everything about it, doesn't he? There's a little bit of comedy. Yeah. There's a little bit of, you know, um, humour. But throughout it, he is Doctor Who to me. I, I don't think yeah. that'll ever change. I've, I've, I don't, I've never really been interested in the other Doctors. I know, I know when I sent you a message like, t- telling you Matt Smith was the Doctor, you said, you said who? No, John Pertwee is the Doctor. I, I, I hope that is. <laughs> it's like 30 years out. Someone said to me about, what was it? Was he, uh, is it P- Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, the only thing I've ever seen him in is Prime Suspect when he was dressed as a, as a woman. As a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you should watch The Thicker Bee. He's very good in The Thicker Bee. So. Right. What children's programme is your favourite? Difficult. That is difficult. Probably Thundercats, I would imagine. Yeah, that's not something Andrew remembers. You're too old <laughs> for that, aren't you? But I quite like Thundercats. Transformers, Thundercats. Mm. That was always on early morning, wasn't it? Before mm. school and after school. <laughs> and I still own the series now. So. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> right. Um, which Fraggle is your favourite? Russell used to like the Fraggles. We used to play Doctor Who when we were children and Russell would always be a Fraggle. Always. <laughs> Even though we tried to tell him he couldn't be a Fraggle. But no, you'd be a Fraggle when you would be hiding under the, one of the garden chairs in the garden. Um, I suppose Webley, I suppose. No, I, th- I said Webley, didn't I, last week? Because one of our Jenny... Hello, Jenny, if you're listening. Um, posted a, what, which Fraggle is your favourite? But we had to look him up just to make sure who was who. Webley. Yeah. I don't, I've never met Jenny, but hello. <laughs> yes, well, Jenny likes Fraggles, so... Yeah. Uh, right, which TV series would you take to a desert island and you can't have anything after 1995? Mm. 
Dad's Army. Right, that would certainly keep you entertained. I'd watch sure. it again and again. I still, I actually do watch it again and again and again now. And yeah. I've got it on audiobook and I listen to it again and again and again. Right, okay. Uh, which radio series would you recommend to people? What have you been listening to? Um, Men from the Ministry. Right. It's one of my favourites. And I actually started listening to that because I used to listen, I, I've got as well, um, Yes Minister, Yes Prime Minister. And, and that's probably another one of my favourite radio series. And I started, and I was, I actually listened to it by mistake because I clicked it because it said Ministry. So I just clicked you know, go and started listening to Men from Ministry. It was Wilfred Hyde White and Richard mm-hmm. Murdoch, and I just fell in love with it. So I ended up getting the whole okay. series off of a radio archive system on the internet. Okay, and this is the last question. Uh, what is your favourite comedy series? I think I know what you're probably going to say for this one. Hmm. What do you think I'm going to say? Well, I think you're probably going to say Dad's Army, since you said. See, you're going I to don't take know. Do you know? Um, I do love Dad's Army, but oh, that's difficult. That is difficult because I've got I love so many. I used to love the British Empire. Um, I might be coming back the British Empire. I think I read yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I read that they're going to do a, a new episode, aren't yeah. they? Um, do you know what I would probably have to say? Are you being served? We wouldn't disagree with that. We like. Are you being served? But only up to about season eight, and I'm then not... I thought it'd become quite repetitive. See. After. My absolute favourite episode is from series 10, which is The Hold Up, which is brilliant. Oh, right, where they'll so, dress up as gangsters and moles, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I, I must admit, I prefer the earlier series of that. No, With I, Mr. Granger. I, I, oh, yeah, we love Mr. Granger. my favourite character in it. That's, so. that's Andrew's, that's Andrew's favourite character, Mr. Granger. And when he left and Mr. Lucas left, I think it lost something. It lost some of the magic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Russell, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And. Uh, <laughs> listen out for this it will be on a future issue thanks I'll listen out I do listen (laughs) listen people (laughs) thank you bye bye thank you to Russell for that interview it was very interesting and um, sorry it's taken so long for us to use that because we've had it in the archive since last September was it that long yes oh blow me yes Uh, now we're staying with the Russell aren't we we are Yes. yes as we present our tribute to the late Paddy Russell yes And we're here now to remember the work of Paddy Russell. Yes, dear Paddy Russell. Paddy Russell. Yes. Now, I think it's true to say she uh, managed to scare me in my childhood with yes. Pyramids of Mars yeah. and, and Horror, Horror of Fang, Fang Rock. Rock. Yeah. Two highly atmospheric Doctor Who stories. Yes. But let's talk about some of her other work as well before we go on to yes. Doctor she, Who. It seems to me she wasn't at all precious about what she did. She didn't do it for art's sake. She did whatever she was asked to do. Because she she, she does the full range of things from um, Zed Cars to Emmerdale yeah. and 321. Yeah. Which is amazing. In fact, we looked amazing. at 321 uh, just now. Cause she, we did. Because she does it episodes from 1979 and 1980. Yes. And the show's quite early on in its run at this point. And they're still, yes. I think they're still tr- ironing out the problems, the problems with it. Yeah, it's less shambolic than the first series. Yeah, so you get, yeah. as I think we said 
on the three two one article a long yeah. time ago. You think Paddy's probably brought in because she's mm. g- gonna sort of be able to control the studio and, yeah. and get things done efficiently. Yeah. Um, and the, we saw a bit of an episode just now, um, Jungle, yes. a bit from nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty, yeah. where the couple get through to the final round, mm-hmm. and the the woman just becomes ill, doesn't yes. she? That's what they say. She yeah. she doesn't appear in the no. final final the, bit. The so last it's bit left, of it. left to her, uh, her partner, her to, husband, yeah. to to carry the show. And I'm yeah. just trying to think what what that was like in the studio that day. Mm. Um, I think Paddy. Well, if you look at Paddy's origins, she cuts that sway straight through the middle of live television. Mm. So I don't think she would have um, batted an eyelid over that. Now that's that's what I was going to say because she worked on the Quatermass yeah. stuff, and yes, Paddy's the sort of person that, when presented with that situation of something sort of fairly major happening in the studio, and you've got to get the show recorded, is very much straight back to live. It's recorded as yeah. live. Yeah, mm. so you're going to carry on as live. So the show must go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they. They probably have cut to a break. Yeah, they brought the young lady out and just carried on as normal. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean it, it works really well. Uh, there are some people I think who who would have really panicked over. Yeah. I don't think Paddy. No, no I can just would have done. Imagine a maybe a bit of swearing, crossing out <laughs> things, and yeah, just but, get on with it. Yeah. Okay, dear, let's just get on with it. Yeah. And she'll yeah. said to but, Ted, but, and off again, they go. that's why I think she was a good choice for yeah. um, horror fang rock. Yes, yes, as they suddenly have to up sticks and move studios to mm. Pebble Mill or the reception and, at Pebble Mill and re- rewire yeah. most of the studio yeah. to mm. to get the mm. stuff done it, let's be fair Pebble Mill is not a vast studio is it well Pebble Mill area. was not designed for doing a drama with a load of no. CSO mm. in Absolutely it but, not, but no. Paddy gets it done and yeah. gets it done very well yeah, I mean, if you didn't know it was it was full of problems, you'd never have guessed. No, no, no. I mean, I think the mm. only other drama, large scale drama, that I can think of being filmed at Pebble Mill that rolls out my head is Juliet Bravo. Mm. But mm. I think that reliability, I think that she shows, is, is why she she returns to series a lot. So yeah. she does a hell of a lot of Z cars. Yeah, she's she does, reliable in the same. She does pair a hell of, of a lot yeah. of yeah. Emma Del Far. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she. she very very solid i think but but but, especially if you're dealing with a soap as well yeah Mm. you've got to be in touch with that you've got to have the momentum you've got to have the drive to push the story along Mm. and have some kind of continuity leading throughout it and and she's going to be at the forefront of that isn't she yeah so i think Mm. efficiency is is something that really really shows up in her work i mean yeah as you say you look at horror how polished Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i mean that 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 could have fallen apart uh, you know, with the with the problems because I know Tom Tom Baker wasn't, wasn't yeah, in the best say, mood. Spe- yeah. Especially, yeah. Yes, I was going to say you had a lead actor who wasn't happy of being out of his comfort zone. Yeah. But then again, I can't see um, Paddy suffering falls gladly. No, and uh, she probably deal thing. with him quite well. Because Tom would find that quite a tour de force, really. Mm-hmm. Was it um, Paddy that Tom used to say yes, sir, to a yeah. bit, just just to make the point? Yes, I know you're in charge, and yeah. mm-hmm. I just want you to know that <laughs> <laughs> to know that. So, yeah, I mean, we we haven't really seen much of a sort of um, sort of work on Z cars and things like that, which which mm. is a shame. I'm not entirely sure we've got any, have we? I don't I, think much of it exists, really. No, no. So. I mean, I'd, I need to go through the list. We might have mm. one or two on DVD, and I'd need to check. That. No, I think most of the ones we've seen on DVD seem to be Victor Itellus and mm. and. Um, 
Dirk Dirk Martinez and beer. Yeah, beer, dear beer. Dear beer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and and of course, she's another person that did compact. Yes. Uh, High art indeed. uh, There Mm -hmm. goes the catchphrase. Um, And again, (laughs) it's that. It's that holding the studio together and, mm. and, and getting it done. I think on, she thrives on, on under the, pressure, you know. Yes, mm. on, on the... Yeah. We need to get it finished. And once you thrive under pressure and you're producing that good product, yeah. the show goes on. But of her four Doctor Who stories, um, obviously we can't see the massacre. Mm. We did talk about um, Invasion of the Dinosaurs yes. a couple of issues ago. and. Yes. Uh, but to me, Horror Fang Rock and Pyramids of Mars are probably her two masterworks. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd find it very hard to choose which one's one's the better one. Yeah. I, I because re- they're I really so good know. in different ways. Yeah, both highly yes. atmospheric. Mm. And yeah. I remember watching them as as a kid and yeah. being very, very scared of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I would go, I would go for horror. You know. Yeah, mm. I think horror's out of the two. Horror's the scarier of it's, the two. You are you are totally isolated yeah. there. Yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, we've got the Omega Factor, haven't yes. we? That and she, we have watched did. our episode, so because that that's got Colin Douglas in it, it has, in, in a big hat, yes, in a big <laughs> hat. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, so it's just nice to see. And it's it's probably the thing that you know she she'd worked with him on mm. Horror of Fang Rock, and. Mm. He gave a damn good performance. Yeah, yeah I would just like to say his scream he gives in Horror Fang oh, Rock yeah. chills you to the bone. Yeah. Yes. Because it, you can tell it's a man in absolute torment. Men, men do not scream. Yeah. No, no, not like that. Not like not that. Not men like Reuben. No, yeah. no. No. That is absolute yeah. pain. In, in but yeah, yeah. It, it's just the sheer, I think it's just the sheer atmosphere of that yeah. story. And that. And it's a, a small cast. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is down to, to, to Paddy. Paddy. Yeah. Uh, in that, it is just a case of uh, dangers at the bottom of the staircase. Mm. But yeah, mm. I mean, we, we we sort of read her obituary in uh, yes in in the Guardian, wasn't it? Mm. Was that one that Toby? It's had a written? Toby one, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you, you liked the the note at the end about yes. stray cats, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, she 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 looked after lots of stray cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we so ne- she went ne- up a little bit more in my estimation. Yeah, even more. Even yeah. more. Yes. Because yes. we didn't know that at all. No. So no. it's just interesting to, yes. to, to learn things. Yeah. Um, and she'll be, she'll be, I mean, she hadn't directed for quite a long time, no. but she'll be sadly missed. Yes. yes and thanks yes. for putting us behind the sofa. Yes. 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 Thanks for scaring the hell out of us, Paddy. Yes. You, did yeah. it for, you did it well. Yeah. Next up, we finally finish yes. our <laughs> trawl through Doctor Who. Yes. As we do the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, Colin Baker and Sylvester Sylvester. Season 22, Colin Baker is the Doctor. Well, he already was in the Twin Dilemma, but Mm. um, season 22... Attack of the Cybermen, Vengeance on Varos, The Mark of the Rani, The Two Doctors, Time Lash, Revelation of the Daleks. Warren, you go first. Revelation of the Daleks. Okay. Why? Really grown up, creepy, uncomfortable story. That You couldn't have written a more uncomfortable storyline. Yeah. Um, the thing that makes my flesh creep is when... 
the doctor is talking to Davros about the fact that uh, did you not tell people that they were possibly eating their own relatives and he comes out and Davros comes out with that wonderfully chilling almost corporate line mm. of I believe that would create what is known as consumer resistance <laughs> and this is such a cold story but it's it's totally watchable on all levels isn't it for for say for the younger viewers you've got a few shoot -ems ups you've got two factions of Daleks that appear at the end you've got Davros and his bubbly thing uh, for the grown-ups there's the gritty drama there's there's the rev quiet revolution that's taking place there's the um, the Tomb Raiders uh, and the the disgusting realization of what is actually happening in what is supposed to be the final resting place known as tranquil repose mm. uh, but uh, and the characters the doctor and perry are absolutely wonderful and spot on all the way through this uh, the, and also there's some there is some light humor there's the the watch on as they're climbing over the yeah. uh, over the Which wall. looks really cheap. What the what his the watch. actual line on the no, watch? No, his watch. His watch and <laughs> yeah. his chain. It's very eighties. Yeah, and there's the uh, Alexi Sale DJ, yeah. who suddenly realises there's more going on here than meets the eye. Uh, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. That's not to belittle a blooming good season. Mm. I'm gonna carry on that train of thought and say Revelation. Again, the one thing I would say about Revelation, it's a shame that Davros and the Doctor don't get to meet a lot earlier in the story because the scenes of those two together are utterly brilliant. Yeah, they're both but, on yeah. top of their game. But I really want yeah. to, wanted to see more. I mean, it's nice <laughs> now that um, Terry Malloy and Colin Baker have got to do a lot more scenes together yeah. in Big Finish stuff. But again, Graham Harper yeah. being wonderful um as you say the sort of very dark humor of it it is it's a great shame that because of the cancellation that line of story writing um was <laughs> curtailed i was hoping for more stories in this in this vein actually yeah. um season 23 takes the show in a different direction yeah 22 was very grown up that season yes mm. i mean Arguably, lots of video nasties arguably yeah. perhaps perhaps too much for its own good in the, yeah. in in the end is it yeah as you know we you, well, you, you know we're, we're talking about the cancellation and the various complaints and oh, this yes. like that but revelation as, as a piece of television is is, is wonderful it's, i think it's stunning yeah it's and stunning. i like the fact that um two lead actors appear in two different stories mm. don't they mm. oh yes Lisa? I'm going to go for The Two Doctors. Ooh. Because it's Pat's last story in Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And he and Colin have a really nice relationship. Um, they sort of... It's not it's quite... Like a walk. <laughs> it's not quite the, the sort of niggly, squabbling third, doc, third Doctor, second Doctor relationship. But, you know, Doctor's... Uh, Colin's like his father, you know, he's really like, what have you done now, kind of thing. He's his carer, he's isn't his carer he? He's yeah. lost his yeah. charge. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I love the fact that once, Jamie, when Jamie's reintroduced to the story, 
once he realizes the doctor is the doctor, he just slots back in the, to the relationship with the doctor. Yeah. It's even though he's got a different face, he's the doctor. Yeah. You know, it's so it's just it's a, and I I always really enjoyed it and I'm, it's really stupid, but it makes me cry every time when Oscar dies. <laughs> Do you know his father wore a tin hat? Yes, in in the war. In the 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 Shepton Mallet. But yeah, so yeah, the two doctors for me. Okay, thank you. That's that's interesting, that is. Right, The Trial of a Time Lord. Now, if we're being pedantic, your (laughs) favourite story out of season 23 is The Trial of a Time Lord. Uh, But obviously we can cut it up into if you carry segments. on like this nothing can stop the catharsis of serious morality <laughs> so let's you've let's, triggered a ray face shift <laughs> let's cut it up then into its usual four parts that people think of it the mysterious planet mind warp terror of the vervoids the ultimate foe lisa terror of the vervoids okay because it's a whodunit Right. And I like Hodanians. We've had this conversation before, it's I think. It's almost more Murder on the Orange Express. It is always it? Murder on the Orange Express, yes. It's apart from the fact they didn't all do it. No, yes. yes. But yeah, yeah. I just, I like it. I, I can see where people get annoyed with Mel because she's a slightly um, uh, irritating character. But I like the way, hyperactive. I like the way Bonnie's playing her. She's doing what she was asked to do. Yep. The relationship between her and the Doctor is much less fractious than the one with Perry, though obviously that has calmed down this season. But, yeah, I, I just like it. It's, you know, anything with Donna Blackman in can't be all bad. Mm-hmm. Where in there? I would have gone for Terror of the Vervoids, but that's my number two. And having watched it recently, if you have to ignore the fact of when it was made, because it does scream at you at the decade it was made in, because certain design aspects... Um, I love it. I do love Terror of the Vervoids. And I do love it as a, a whodunit. And it's good fun. There's some little quirky bits and pieces going on there. Um, the ultimate foe for me. It's dark. Someone's turned the lights down as soon as you go into the Matrix. When you go to the... Um, uh, the... Uh, oh, the works. Hmm. Do- the fantasy J- factor. Fa- yes, J.J. Popplewick's fantasy J.J. Chambers. J.J. Chambers. No, it's Mr. Popplewick. Mr. Popplewick. Is, uh, yes. We several like a mis- Dickens character. Yes. Well, that's the point, I think. Yeah. A dark Dickens character dark Dickens who character. throws exploding quills. Yes. Um, and I like that world. It is the Matrix. It is the Matrix that I remember from something like uh, Deadly Assassin. Hmm. It's possible. We know it's going to be unexpected. And I just like the fun of it. Um, yes, I actually saw the ending going to be the ending. Yes, he was going to turn around. And yes, it was going to be the Valyard. Of course it was going to be the Valyard. It always was. What else are you going to ride? Absolutely. But um, it's fun, but it's also very dark. And I like Colin in that. There's not much in the way of name-calling. Mm. Um, when uh, And we're taken out of the blasted courtroom... Which is a little bit over, too overlit. Yeah, too overlit. The milk crates are now beginning to look like milk crates yeah. and they're sat in the the Wogan chairs. Okay, yeah, we could sit there and rip it apart. There are some really good bits of drama throughout the whole of the court scenes. There are always bits of drama you could highlight and go, oh, that's really good. No, that's a bit of ham. But in Ultimate Foe, I, I, I think it, it, it finishes the story off lovely. And I think Pip and Jane... Um, 
considering they, they had to do it at the last minute yeah they made it, it makes they moved, yeah. enough sense absolutely so. well uh, ultimate foe for me as well it's just the weird imagery you're getting on screen uh, some night filming which yeah. always goes down well um, it's interesting that it's night filming on video uh, which, which which does lend it a, an interestingly different air but as you say you've got Bob Holmes and Eric Saywood working on episode 13 and Pip and Jane working on episode 14 and they do join together yeah, a lot a lot right, better yeah. than you than you might expect to be honest and considering what they were up against trying oh, to absolutely. try to even write something uh, I guess we know a, a lot more about what was going on behind the scenes again yeah. um but yeah I just I just yeah it's just a, just an atmosphere piece and and Michael Jason actually oh. gets the Michael chance to, to do do some superb. and he's the nicest man in the world <laughs> <laughs> he and really it, is it's just a shame he, he never got to do to do anything to else. do more mm. more beyond Must this more, point because yeah, yeah. it would have been fascinating to see him as a recurring yeah, villain he's a yeah. fabulous actor yeah so what do we got there 5.6 million in the uh, last episode? F- yes, the last episode is five point six, which is the highest for that season. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Sylvester McCoy is Doctor Who, <laughs> with no nine-inch nails up his nose. No. Time in the Rye, Paradise Terrors, Delta and <laughs> the Bannermen, Dragonfire. <laughs> oh Lord. Lisa. Delta and the Bannermen. Mm-hmm. It's Where's a. That? It's a. It's a fun story. It's, I mean, not yeah. If you take up this possible slight misstep of having Ken Don as, as oh as no, the no, gatekeeper. I totally but I do like him. With that. I, I do totally, like him. It was yeah. not miscasting. I thought it was spot on. Yeah. And I think we had this discussion when it first came out, didn't we? Um, uh, when we first saw it, I think, didn't we, Andrew? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We loved the fact that Ken was I, there. I do like it. It's just it maybe smacks a little bit of stunt casting. I can understand but, that, but. It, it, he was Ken Dodd, but he wasn't being over exuberant no, Ken Dodd, no. over excitable Ken Dodd. He was quite measured, and um, yeah. yeah, I did like it when he shot. And they the they got out of filming the same day, so you know, yeah, they did yeah. work. Um, but you get Don Henderson at the top oh. of his game, being well, being Don Bull- Henderson, really. But you yeah, know. he just finished his second yeah. season of Bullman. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I just you know, I like the feel of it, and um, Richard Burton, not Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Richard, Richard Burton's Burton. not in it. We're doing well. What's his, what's his name? The Welshman. The Welshman. Yeah. Davies, isn't it? Richard Davies. Where did Richard Burton come from? Was it? He's playing Burton. Richard That's Burton. why. He's playing Burton. Yeah. Um, he's really good. And Hugh Lloyd. Yeah. Is Hugh Lloyd a Time Lord? I think he probably is. <laughs> so he's he's like some sort of he's one of the Doctor's old teachers or something. Yeah. It's just a great feel. It's got a, a really nice sunny feel. Okay. Warren. I would like to burn this particular season all um, right no it's a shame but that's um, not the point of this no, exercise. No. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite Excuse seasons me? i'll go for that uh, no i wouldn't like to but that's a bit extreme i wouldn't want to lose any episodes um, um i think it was because it was such a change and a hell of a shock to open with time in the rani um well, but i like paradise towers oh, i like paradise towers too okay. yeah i mean richard prize is i was first richard prize is, is <laughs> richard prize is brilliant is, got his own postcode acting yeah, but yeah. um he was taken out of the nicey nicey yeah realm and it's a real sitcom wasn't yeah. he and i think sometimes i think actually because 
later we're going away for a bit from what we we're talking about Richard Bryce plays a lots of villains later yes. in his life yeah. and perhaps this was the first thing that showed people actually no he doesn't always play nice well, people going off on a very sideways tangent here I'll be very quick with this one Robert De Niro who's his favourite actor Richard Bryce <laughs> really yeah wow um, Robert De Niro likes um, uh, good life good life and he asks for Richard Bryce, I want that man to play that part where he, uh, where he was the monster. Oh, in Frankenstein. In Frankenstein. Oh, wow. And they, they got on like an absolute house on fire. They're two polar opposites, aren't they? Yeah. With acting yeah. styles. Anyway, coming back to uh, Paradise Tower. What Towers, we're supposed to be talking about. What we're supposed yeah, to be talking about. Um, I just like the story. It um, It is another dark story as well. It is. Okay. You could say, yeah, the, the, the robots will look a bit quirky. I do like the um, the mock um, hero, Pex. Pex. Pex <laughs> Hi, lives. I'm Pex. Yeah. And whilst Mel is being attacked by a mechanical uh, octopus or mm. pool cleaner in the swimming pool, uh, I thought that was quite fun. Mm. Um, I was rooting for the octopus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's a fun story. And then it turns very dark, doesn't yeah. it? When things all go terribly wrong. Yeah. And Tilda and Tabby are really, really dark characters. Yes. These, these really sweet little you. old ladies. Yeah. And they're just going to eat you. So what happens yeah. behind the curtains of a sweet little old lady's flat? Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a block well, of flats? I'm sure there's people that go yeah. in and never come out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. My vote, Delta and the Bannermen. It's a real feeling of freshness in the writing team. Um, episode one felt like nothing I'd seen for a very long time. Mm. And episode one, I think, is the one episode of that season I've watched more than any other. Did this, you watch it in black and white? No. This was the first season I got um, a video recorder mm. for. So I ended up with... Top um, loader it was. Top yes. loader, okay. I ended up with, I think <laughs> it was episode three of yeah. Paradise Towers in black and white because there was a little switch on the, the back, back. Yes, which I you could you, you could get yes. rid of the colour and the, uh, the switch was accidentally left in the wrong position for that episode. But Delta Part 1, um, it was it really was new. Yeah. And it, that was exciting that I didn't know quite where this where the show was now going and i think i think that's definitely what the show needed at this point you you did need it to go in a new and different direction um it takes a while i think for everybody to know quite what direction they're going in yeah. uh but but delta i think is 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 very very easy and fun to watch it's it's not trying to be um, sort of gothic or violent or anything or, like that. Or big and clever, really. Yeah, it, it's a good, it, it, it's, it's, story. Yeah, isn't yeah it? it's it's a it's a simple story, but as, as you say, Lisa, the cast really, really. Ha- I and mean, yes, I, I'm I'm very fond of Ken Dodd in that yeah. too. It wasn't it wasn't a necessarily a complaint. It's just yeah. that. You sort of think, oh, it's the costume they've dressed him in as well. Perhaps oh, if the, they oh, dressed the him in something hat. a little bit yeah. no, I th- more I, sober, maybe. Then I go differently with that. I go that par- that par- uh, that creates a parody of what he actually is, yeah. yeah. And bring the parody to the screen is yes, you know it's Ken Dodd, but he's not playing Ken Dodd. But he he's does ju- do it really he, well. He does it really well, but yeah. he's dressed as a parody of himself. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Right, speeding on to nineteen eighty-eight. 
Remembrance of the Daleks, The Happiness Patrol, Silver Nemesis, Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Who's going to start on that one? I think you should. Okay. <laughs> I will then. Remembrance of the Daleks. Or uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks go upstairs. Or Doctor Who and the Daleks go upstairs, <laughs> as, uh, Eddie as Eddie Izzard <laughs> once referred to it. Yes. Um, Bird with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> a real feeling, again, that the show was getting confident. That yep. it brought back the Daleks, but actually did something different with them much as i love davros he was played down in the mix which was quite refreshing because yeah. you, you did start to wonder that were you just going to get davros stories with the daleks in yes um but this the daleks are sort of front and center again mm. it, it it's it was quite an expensive one to make because i think they did go over budget um considerably yeah. and, and they did and that, make Make somebody think that a bomb had gone off. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. but yes, the, the effects the effects team are having fun. Yes, <laughs> yes, but a little bit too much powder. But yeah, it, it's. I think it's one of those stories you could show people who perhaps had, had gone off Doctor Who in the eighties, yeah. perhaps, and I think they would have been surprised that how much they might have enjoyed it. Yeah. And so, anybody that says Sylvester McCoy can't act. He's got a real look of fear in his eyes when that Dalek starts to come upstairs. Yeah. You can, you can, you look at his eyes and he's thinking, "Oh my god." I mean, we can mm. quibble about the points of continuity about you know the sign on the yeah. on the junkyard and, and and things like that. But, but that that but would yeah, be we could, pedantic. You could have said that about Blimmin' Attack of the Cybermen, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. But I always remember the points of view mm. and somebody reading out. I watched um, the the first episode of Remembrance of the Daleks. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, blah, blah, blah. And the only thing that they could pick up on, because people do when they write in and points of view, because that's the only reason they read their letters out, is why did Doc Cotton have to be at the entrance <laughs> to the thing? And that was the only thing they picked up. The rest of them, they said they, they praised Sylvester McCoy, they loved the production, and yeah. it's, it's a really good story. Yeah. So is that your vote as well? No. Oh, right. So what's your, what's your, vote, what's your vote then, Warren? Ladies first. All right, go on then. I'm going to go for Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Thank you very much, Lisa. We'll do this as a joint one. That's All right, yeah, we'll go as on well. Yeah. Uh, the cast is brilliant. Yeah. Anything with T.P. McHenry in is, oh, is guaranteed to be on. fairly good. He's not doing an accent. That's good. No, and he's sober. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica His Martin, character is yeah, sober. Jessica Martin is wonderful. Oh, yes. I remember thinking oh, uh, when I saw it that, mm. you know, this was the best She was known for comedy, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, and she was brilliant. And it was Chilling. she was scary. Yeah. And the effects were brilliant. You know, where it was a proper werewolf. Not that I like werewolf things, but, you know, she looked... Scary. She looked dangerous. Yeah. The gods of Ragnarok are an interesting oh, we'll have a story idea. Story about that later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's in hindsight, it's parodying the show itself. It's eating its own tail. It's you yeah. know, um, but it's doing, yeah, it's long, but it's not doing an Uslan bird. Mm. It's, yeah, by it's eating not, its own tail. It's not doing it maliciously. No, and it's not doing it um, corrosively either. No. It's having a quiet, happy prod at itself and mm. laughing at itself. Mm. Um, as f uh, but you, I, I love the bus conductor. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, I love quirky things. Like, I love the hearse and the creepiest thing. It, I, I, um, I don't like clowns. I don't know about no, yourself. Well, nobody Do not like clowns. It's the false face. Mm. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Windows is just updating. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the clowns always creep me out anyway. But as far as the gods of Ragnarok, uh, uh, do you remember? The, do you know where I'm going to go with yeah, this go one? Yeah, t- tell us the story about the Excuse gods me, of Ragnarok. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. <coughs> okay, sorry. That's okay. Um, we were. I came around to your house to see one of the episodes. Yes. And it was the bit where um, Sylvester's talking to the gods, and the gods are all in darkness. And you said, and after a while, you got. Should we just have a look at what's behind there? And you turned the brightness up on your TV screen. Right. And we saw the gods of Ragnarok before they... And he said, oh, blimey, how many other viewers are turning the brightness up on this? <laughs> <laughs> and turned it back down again. Just one note. You said about viewing figures earlier. Um, 6.6 million for episode four of Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which is the highest uh, viewing figures, I think, since... Uh, Revelation of the Daleks, yes, which finished yeah. at seven point seven. So there's uh, no argument from the BBC, and, and there there was a feeling, I think, in eighty eight that the show was starting to get popular. It was again, turning. I it think. was turning. The wheel yeah. was turning again. Um, any any long term running program is going to have um, peaks bits. and troughs, isn't yeah. it? Yes, and audi- audiences grow up, new audience uh, and new generations come along. And it's interesting when I talk to people who, who are Doctor Who fans who are much younger than we are yeah. and somebody says I ask them okay which doctor did you grow up oh my favorite doctor Sylvester McCoy yeah yeah he's very and, popular yeah yeah and it's like Colin Colin is very popular as well mm. and I think that gets forgotten about as well mm. okay mm. that's interesting right final season can, can you see it <laughs> I can see it. I know there's a big window thing in the way but Battlefield Ghostlight Curse of Fenric, Survival. Very, I think this is a very strong season. Personally. It is a very strong season. If yeah. if we'd have had a following season coming after this one, we we would be at the top of the mountain. Mm. Yeah, we'd be going back down the other side after We would be the, doing yeah. the Julie Andrews on the top, dressed as a nun running around singing. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyone <laughs> that was go random, go? wasn't it? Yeah, it was anyone going to go first? I will. Yeah. Okay. okay. Easy one for me, Ghostlight. Um, love the atmosphere of part one again. Um, another of those single episodes that I would re-watch and re-watch. J- just, just part one. Um, love all the... I say I'm, a, I'm always a sucker for an atmospheric Victorian story, but the sheer weirdness that goes on in this story <laughs> is admirable to think that they put it on you know, on BBC One at yeah. R-Bar 7. Opposite that, Coronation Street. Opposite Coronation Street, that you could show such strange material. It's a wonderful material. of Victorian logic there, mm. isn't there? Yes. But, it, it, you know, Sylvester's um, taken his hat off. He's got his dark jacket mm. on. Mm. Um, I think he's got rid of the, the question mark brolly. If only he was wearing a waistcoat as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the, it, those question mark... The question mark jumper is the only fly in the ointment they, they in his look given, I think for this would, story. The problem is they might have given him a question mark <laughs> waistcoat yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it real it really is a tribute to the atmosphere I felt in the show, sort of growing up during this early Tom Baker stuff, and and the thought that kids were seeing something that was again they've as you said before, Warren, they've turned the lights down. And the, the even even the music score, Mark Ayres' oh, music is dark. playing a huge part in this in this story. 
it whips and, up doesn't it yeah i i just just love it to bits and Something you know it's, it's the last houses, it's there? the last story recorded at the bbc and if you're gonna go out go out on a high which yeah. is yeah. what they they definitely mm. achieve achieve with this mm. just absolutely fantastic in every department I remember being really impressed with Ghostlight that they had John Hallam in it. Because mm. I don't know what I'd seen him in, and I think it's probably something really stupid like the Malin Streak or something like that. But he was he had a sort of a reputation for playing hard men, for playing villains. And then he comes in and he's playing this really fey character, really sort of offbeat, weird character. So that's my really that's my strong memory of seeing Ghostlight for the first time round. Mm. Oh, it's got John Hallam in it. Oh, he's playing a really different part. So, but, but I think I would probably go for Curse of Fenric. Okay. Because um, it's a great story. It's got some really nice images. Um, it's an interesting idea. The thing about faith that it's not, fam- it's not garlic or anything else that squares vampires away. It's faith in something. Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's a very grown-up story. Mm-hmm. A yeah. very grown-up story. Well, you, Nicholas Parsons is also an actor. Just about. Well, yes, he was yeah. a film actor before yeah. he became yeah. what he is today. And and Dinsdale Landon is wonderful, and we Dinsdale. had the great pleasure of telling him that. And he, I think he was quite touched, and he got up and shook our hands, yeah. didn't he? Oh, so yeah, that's a know, really yeah. nice memory. Not genuinely. No, but he was just no. old. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, curse of Fenric. Okay, Warren, to round off this piece then. Can I be very quick? Just say oh, something quick on. before I go for the one I'm going to go for. Yes. This is your perfect setup for a season. Right. You've got uh, an opener which is nostalgic, mm-hmm. very light, bit of fun, bit of running around, bang, bang, guns, Brigadier appears, world is safe from a horrible menace. And by God, it gets different after then, doesn't it? <laughs> it gets gritty. You've got ghost light. You've got uh, wonderful concepts there that are being stretched and put in that Victoriana atmosphere which the BBC does so well anyway mm-hmm. so and it's building up it goes to curse and then you've got very moralistic things going on there you've got Ace's hatred for her mother you've got chemical weapons going on there so there's a whole myriad of things going on there to create such a wonderful atmosphere and then you've got the creatures from the deep you've got the almost uh, vampire-type zombie creatures. Mm. And as you take the attack on someone's faith and belief mm. is shaking yeah. them to the core. And you're thinking, how the heck can you resolve this? Mm-hmm. Oh, we won't break it up and, um, and spoil that. And then you've got survival. You've got the oldies, the old baddie back, haven't you? You've yeah. got the master, yeah. but it's, mm. he's not quite as you remember him. I have to say mm. that... Anthony Ainley does play the master very well in Survivor. He does. He does yeah, it. I think it's, yeah. it's his best performance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, by far. So, mm. um, so I think that's my wonderful framework. Mm. And if they could have done... It's interesting that. how earthbound that season is. Yeah, yeah. it is. There's only yeah. the bits on the planet in Survival yeah. that... that aren't. But doesn't it make you yeah. uncomfortable that that's your planet Earth, if that's how it's portrayed? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will go for the Curse of Fenric. Okay. I love the Curse of Fenric. Um, also, we know it's filmed locally as well, because yeah. it's down at the camp at Wareham. But, um, yeah, the Curse of Fenric has got so much going for it. Okay. I'm not going to say any more than that. There we go. Right. Well, thank you. 
chaps and chapess. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. And now we present our tribute to Dudley Simpson, that most prolific of musicians mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. somebody that worked on so much. Yes. Apart from Doctor Who. Yes, lots of things. And you may have noticed throughout this issue that we've been using Dudley Simpson music to link everything together. Yes. Um, And I don't think we could have made a better choice, really. Um, No, I don't think we could. So here we are, Dudley Simpson. Dudley Simpson. Oh, what a man. Where do we start? <laughs> what a man. Where do we start with Dudley Simpson? Mm. Car springs. <laughs> <laughs> Dick mentioned the cello. <laughs> and the marimba. <laughs> but Sorry for the really bad Australian accent, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> we only saw Dudley once, yes. wasn't it? It was the yes. um, Panopticon he, convention no, in Manchester. Yes, he got a sitting ovation. Yes. He came on stage <laughs> mm. and... Just everybody was so pleased to see yeah. him, wasn't it? I think he got an, ova- an ovation for about five minutes. Yeah. And he was just beaming. Mm. He was in his element. He was, you know, he was enjoying it. And so he should. <laughs> yes. So yeah. he should. I mean, Dudley Simpson really is the soundtrack of my childhood, yes. I think. Yes. Sort of the yeah. T- yeah. T- TV right. one. Because, um, yes, of course, so much Doctor Who work. From Planet mm. of Giants onwards, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Um, all the way up to Horns of Nymon, so yes. you know that's sixties up to nineteen eighty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but and there's so much else as well. Oh, yes. Tomorrow people, tomorrow yeah. people, Target. just that fantastic mm-hmm. theme tune for the Tomorrow People. Yeah, um, brothers. Yeah, Blake Seven. Yeah, yeah, and we we even came across some Shakespeare stuff. Yeah, which you could up. tell, you can really tell it's Dudley Simpson stuff because it's got similar so, motifs yeah. to some of his Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's. The man was a genius. And he, he just did so much, and it's such a shame that there's... Mm. So there's, little of it So released. little of it yeah. that, that you can actually listen yeah. to clean now. Yeah. I mean, yes, mm. the, the, the recent, um, well, fairly recent CD releases have got some bits and pieces that mm. I've not heard before, like Frontier and Space. The, 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 um, the thing that, does, that, that was lovely. And the but, thing that does bug me about some of the naysayers, shall we say, is mm. they say it's all the same. It's not. It's not. Way no, or, well, no. Boy, oh boy, it is no. not. No. There are similar bits. There's similar bits. And well, everyone has to have their but, own yeah, style. Absolutely. He yeah. has a definite style. Yes. Yeah. And I think during the Pertwee era, it, it, it comes to its fore, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. The, 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 we were talking about the master theme. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Everything builds up in a yeah. crescendo, doesn't it? I mean yeah. that actually, uh, you know, is on a single release, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah and I can, the... and now I can now hear it in my head. Yeah, because you've yeah. got the Keller yeah. machine theme, yes. which turns into the master theme yeah. on that on that on that disc. Uh, I think <laughs> it's world the worlds of Doctor Who. I think it's called or something mm. like that. But yeah, I mean yes, I mean he sort of st- yes, as you say, he starts off in um, Planet of Giants, and he's not really a regular at that mm. point, is he? Because he does some bits and pieces i mean he does does the crusade 
Uh, mm. Does the chase? I, just oh, I love, love the last bit of the chase. Yes, uh, when they're going through London. Oh, ding 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 ding. ding, ding. ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's happy. It's jolly, isn't it? And he's very creative with that atmosphere, yeah. isn't he? It can be a an eccentric piece of music, say with Tom in in his his early stories, but then it gets to something that's earthy, say like Talons. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, yes, City of Death is, of course, I think, yeah, possibly, yeah. the the is, best, the is, best thing. What, what do you around. think that is, though? It's so recognisable that piece mm. of music when they're going mm. when they're on the metro, and it's you hear it and you go, oh, City of Death, yeah, Paris trains, as you said, you green heard it. spaghetti monster, but yet it's just a little scene setting filler, isn't yeah. it? Them travelling, yeah. but yet that that music so evocative yeah i mean that footage without that music there's nothing yeah. is it yeah. Yeah, yeah it would lose so much yeah mm. um, and you said lisa mm. that at the convention yes. you could hear it being played on on the piano in the on the piano from the foyer yeah or wherever it was i think it, it, was. Dudley, I think it probably was dudley yeah, yeah. We, were, we weren't actually in the room in at the, the time in you could just yes. hear it drifting across yes. the foyer yeah. and it was it was like oh, daddy simpson's playing city of death do you, do you think he would have thought oh I've done more than that because he gets recognised mainly for that by Who fans I don't know I think he was quite mm. pleased that people mm. were talking mm. about his, his, his stuff um, because when they did mm. the, the classical clip from the Doctor Who prompts yeah a huge cheer goes and yeah, he, he, I think it? he got a standing ovation and he was in the Albert Hall and he was absolutely mm. again delighted yeah well, I'm in the Albert yeah, Hall, yeah. they're playing their music. I'm getting standing ovation. It doesn't get much better than this. It was like uh, Peter, uh, not Peter, uh, Christopher Lee once introduced Michael Ripper. Oh, right, this yeah. is the man who is Hammer Films. Yeah. But for Doctor mm. Classic Doctor Who, Dudley Simpson is your man. Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. else. Dudley Simpson is your man. I mm. mean, you 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 said about sort of car springs. Mm. We got the. It's so lovely to have that footage of mm. him actually on behind the scenes stuff for Talons yeah. sitting there with the, with the little video recorder yeah. Yeah. and, and David Maloney going yeah. and music, music, music and he's yeah. so enthusiastic yeah. isn't he yeah. And yeah. he's loving yeah. what he's going to write yeah. Yeah. he loves his work doesn't he yeah. and I also have to say most of his Doctor Who scores he did with a really small um, band of musicians. An ensemble, yeah, it? and yeah. I say it makes it sound like a big orchestra, and mm. it's not. Yeah. There's only about five musicians because he couldn't afford anything. Yeah, because you've got that footage of um, Matthew Sweet and Mark Ayres <laughs> yes. Yes. recreating <laughs> talons and <laughs> howling, and Matthew Sweet's really, really happy. Yes, he yeah. is. He gets he, to do he it. He gets to yeah. howl. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were saying about Troughton's last season. Yeah. Um, uh, I just wanted to say that yeah. sometimes people overlook his Troughton hmm. stuff. I mean, yes, you've said about Pertwee and Tom Bay, who think things like the War Games, which is is so much held together um, by by his music. I mean, that, that, I love the bit where um, they're going to blow up that that sort of outhouse. It builds up to it, and, it, it, it's, and they're going to yeah. they're, they're going to sort of set the explosion off. And all that sort of, yeah. As you as you said, it, it just builds up to the explosion with the kettle drum building yeah. up. Yes, and the yeah. rumble. It's, a, fanta it's yeah. a fantastic piece of work, and mm. and people forget about it. Or like Seeds of Death. Yeah. Mm. Um. That that intro. Oh, that intro is great. Isn't from, it? from from the opening. Citizen came through the window into the control room. Yeah. From behind this, literally from behind. But it takes you on the journey. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It, it's it's. It's a, it's a quite a, I guess it's a quite a simple sort of arrangement, but 
that, that, that sort of the echo and things that they, they just put onto it just just livens it up and, and makes it a sort of magical journey through space so. um, I absolutely love his unit theme mm-hmm. particularly the more orchestral version from mm-hmm. season 7 that's the ambassadors of the death, ambassadors of death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just beautiful yeah and it, I don't it's. I think he's the first composer at that point who's, who's writing themes for different things. Yeah. So you get a theme for Unit, you get a theme for the Master. You don't get a theme for the Doctor. He obviously doesn't find him so interesting. You, you get it more, in, you yeah. get a sort of thing happening yeah. in Tom Baker's time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, Murray Gold just recently left Doctor Who, but, you know, he would write themes for different Doctors. Yes. And each Doctor has their own theme and each theme is distinct. Yeah. And Dudley Simpson does that 30, 40 years before. Mm. Well, one thing I do have to say is, and again, if if you see an episode without it, it's really weird if it's not there. Blake 7 teleport jingle. Yeah. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah, it's, it doesn't each work. Each one's subtly yeah. different. Yeah. Can I just try something? Yeah. Um, Go on. Think of your favourite Dudley, mu- Dudley music quickly in your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all smiling. Yeah. As soon as you said the word, let's talk about Dudley Simpson, we <laughs> all grinned because we all thought of music in our head. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. And he is, that's the just, effect he has. He makes yeah. you smile. It's lovely. And it's. Yes, thank you, Dudley. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the music, as the song goes. Oh, very good. Yes. Thank you for Warren again, again for his help there, and um, Toby Haydoke, that uh, most wonderful of Doctor Who aficionados and, and stand-up comedian, has done a, a wonderful in memoriam for all the Doctor Who people that passed away in 2017, which can be found on his YouTube channel, and I advise you to watch it because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, finally, a little experiment. Um, you were at work, yes, and Warren came round, yes, and I said to Warren. How about doing a blind reaction to something? And he said, all right. (laughs) Not quite knowing what I was going to show him. Right. So I had to dig around in my shelves. Mm -hmm. And I presented him with the Tomorrow People, the Thargon Menace. Oh. That wonderful (laughs) two-parter with the um, glove puppet computer things and all that. Mm -hmm. So this is Warren's instant reaction after each episode. Right. Thargon Menace, <laughs> episode one. I'm waiting for the menace to turn up. <laughs> what did you make of that? 
I haven't watched the Toromoro people since it's probably um, first broadcast. I think um, the blue and the green's about the only one I've seen recently in a few clips from Hitler. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think entertaining is certainly the word here. Yeah, uh, and we're not talking <laughs> plotline here, either, are we? Um, now then. Where do we start where with do that we one? S- where do we start with this? Um it's quite mind blowing, really. Yeah, uh, you have to take your way. You have to take yourself away from well, today's. Let, let's standards. do this in stages. Okay. First of all, um, production wise, um, not the hugest of sets. No, if you got more than three on a set, it was crowded. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got a couple of spaceship sets. The yeah. jungle set. Jungle set. You've got the Tomorrow People's um, and, HQ. And Papa, General Papamin's <laughs> office. <laughs> Stroke bathroom. Because <laughs> it's about the size of a bathroom. Which has got some nice telephones in it, you said. Oh, they're all the British telephones, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm uh, sure, as I said to you, I think it's Invasion of the Doorman, because they look as though they'd be em- they're dressed like Embassy Doorman. But what, what we've got here is... Uh, the spaceship lands on this sort of tropical island, basically. Ah, no, 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 no. Uh, it crashes into oh, a volcano. Or it crashes rift, into, <laughs> into a rift, into a doesn't rift. it? It's created. <laughs> yes. But because you're having to do this jungle sort of mm. set... <laughs> cuts you, of phlegm. You, you've got all the stuff shot on video, and then these brilliant cuts to film which of are, varying quality. Which are either overexposed, aren't they? <laughs> Or just bear no you've resemblance got, to the environment. You've got like the monkey and the lizard and oh, things like fantastic. that. And it does remind me of well, there's the Monty Python sketch gentleman, this building is surrounded by film. Yes. But also the bits where you cut in the, <laughs> the, the footage of the old ladies clapping. Of the W I, yes. <laughs> and it is a bit like that. Yeah. Um acting style for the aliens is unique. Is unique, I think. Um, that's, that's the word. I, I, I took one look at them and the what was the program that popped into my head that I mentioned a moment ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Rossum's Universal Robots, yes. was it? You, yes. Yeah, the design of, of the Thargons. Um, I mean, Andy Davidson's wonderful book about the Tomorrow People describes them as pound stretcher Cybermen. Because <laughs> they've got these silver sort of jumpsuity things on with these sort of chest well, I'm ex- piece I think that they're, they're not chess pieces. Yeah. Um, I think Derek Guy looks about to walk on and start <laughs> playing their chess. Where's me washboard? Where's me washboard, mother? Oh, and these sort of silver sort of helmet things with sort of ear. They were very things. 1930s, yeah. weren't they? But then we said that the incidental music when you've got all the spaceships, oh, the stock it, footage is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. is 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 quite sort of. It's almost it's several decades. T- yeah, it's quite a mass, isn't, isn't it? it? Yes. It's quite a mass, or some melodramatic, terrible um, B movie type music. But but we have to we have to talk about. Um, no, the puppets, oh, don't well. we? Because you've got the spaceships, yeah. which are called slim ships and, and thick ships. Thick ships. <laughs> I have to be very careful how I say that. <laughs> and you've got these sort of. I would like puppet. to have known the brief to the designer. Yeah. We'd like a puppet. Ro- uh, we'd like a puppet robot which controls mm. uh, the spaceship. Yeah, it's not a bad idea in itself. It's a very good idea. You, you, you've got something that you talk to yeah. rather than just a computer. And, yeah. and let's be let's be fair. Thames didn't have the makeup of visual effects departments no. had for the BBC. So they, they've had to build two um, 
of these puppet things, which are sort of head things. Things being the right word. Uh, yeah. Which are sort of like silver foil and felt, aren't they? One has a one, felt beard. One's got a felt silver beard. And somebody's had that... to cut it out with their like pinking shears. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking that's probably more the the older one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that one's the beard, the beardy one. So it's probably the the, the and, superior one. And isn't the it? Christmas lights left over from the Christmas party. And then tends. you've got this sort of TV aerial stuck up its back. Backside. <laughs> I had an aerial like that one of those on my Ferguson ones. black and white portable. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this this is this and is Peter what... Hawkins does the voice, which uh, is brilliant. Uh, 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 David Graham. David Graham does the voice, which is brilliant. Don't, don't get the mix. No, please no. Um, but this this is entertaining though. When all said and done, um... if, yeah. If you take away the fact uh, you cannot watch it with um, mm. 2018 yeah. eyes, you, you have to apply a filters for it being. Um, yeah. the seventies, and B being a kids show from the seventies. Yeah, and let's face it, you've got a hell of a remit to go with them tomorrow, people, mm. because you're you're. It's very much like uh, the freewheelers. Yes, you can do what you want as long as it's entertainment. Yeah, and that's exactly that. It's it, it, it's what I would class as um, conveyor belt television. Mm. You've got to get out a lot very quickly. And, well, and the, I mean, it's the Doctor <laughs> Who problem that you're doing. Set well, you, you, this, these these seasons now they're running three stories yeah. per season, and they're two part stories. So every story requires a whole new set of cast, hmm. um, filming, and set set design. So it is a difficult thing to do, even if you're on a on a sort hmm. of adult and, budget but on on a kids show. A kids show where the budget's going to be next next to what what year are we looking at here? Are we, um, I will just check. I think it's I think it's seventy eight. I will I will check. So I will check that. Britain and we can... isn't doing particularly well financially. No. So yeah, we're looking at. I mean, who was um, would have been Graham Williams? Yes. So they're on a shoestring as well. So because there's a lot of um, CSO. Yes. Or chroma key. Yeah. I mean, I quite like the superimposed shot when they're in the big spaceship. You've, you've got the wide shot. There's the sort of thing as the and, computer and the thing is built, above and you've got the it. spaceship yeah. superimposed. That's yeah. actually, and then Very good. one of the guys actually walks behind it. Yes. So there, there are there's some ambitious shots, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, if you've got ambitious shots, some of the time they work, yeah. and some of the time they won't. This is a type of story I think would work on audio. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, as as as, as I'm sure most but people I'm know. I'm trying to work out, and perhaps somebody could answer us this question. Uh, answers on the postcard, please. Yeah. To where it was the, the shot of the Earth opening up. Oh yes. Which film it's from? Yeah, there, there's some interesting stock footage, effects mm. footage, and we don't know quite. I will. I will see if Andy's book tells us. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure anybody knows. I'm quite enjoying it actually. Yeah. I am quite as fun. Oh, well, well, you did say to me what what's happened to Tim's balls? Yes. T- Tim being the. Uh, the, the computer, computer in, yeah. in the Tomorrow People's Base. Um, it used to be that he hung from the ceiling. He had hung had, balls. Had, his balls, his balls hung. hang from yeah. the ceiling with all tubes and things like that. Um, there was a fire and the, the whole set got destroyed. So they, they had to cobble something. Is that something, wishful thinking? They had to cobble something together. And some people don't like the new set. But I, 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 I like it. I, I quite like it. And, yeah. to, and to me... Because I came to the Tomorrow People a bit later. That's the set yes, I actually. That's the set I remember as well. Yeah. I, I can remember seeing clips of from C. But they all have to come into one central location, mm. so they come together whenever they talk to Tim. But uh, one thing I just want to throw in here is the multiculturalism. Yes, yes. Uh, that's quite interesting for the um, for for the era that it's in. Yeah. Um, I mean that was that was a thing that Roger yeah. Price was quite 
keen on. Um, it's very much the Star Trek attitude, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. it was the it was the idea that anybody could be a tomorrow Absolute, person. Yeah, which is which however is a good thing. the uh, Rada seems to be having a day off. In some... <laughs> Yes, some of some the acting active. choices are interesting. Uh, yes, that, that, that's, that's yeah. the best way of saying it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll carry on with part two and Absolutely. Uh, see how this one goes. But fun so far, I think it is fun. Yep. Yeah. Okay. See you soon. Bye. The Thargon Menace, part two. It just got real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you were surprised, weren't you? I was. I, I prefer episode two to episode one. Right. It's um, ah, Papa Min. Olu Jacobs as Papa yes. Min. Absolutely brilliant. Um, now, we said there, there's certain scenes where you've got the two aliens. Yeah. And you've got Papa Min in the same mm. scene. And it's almost like there's a split screen on the acting, isn't it? <laughs> actors to the left, non actors to the right. Please. Yes. Yeah. But he's very good, actually. He's taking. Um, he, he, you can see the people, the guest actors who are taking it seriously, yeah. and the guest actors that are acting for children, or yeah. they they perceive what children want to see them acting like. Yeah. But yeah, um, Papa Min is, is a credible is a credible baddie. It's that interesting line at the end. Um, that's the last we've seen of him. Let, let's, let's hope, hope so. so. Is, is almost as though they were setting up for a return. Yeah, you said you'd like to see him I'd come back. I'd love to see him return. But he doesn't. Oh, oh, it's a shame. I don't know whether he ever appeared in any audios or anything <laughs> like that. But um, but, but you you laughed at his, um, his medals, didn't you? <laughs> so so what are they? VC? The, the VC, the Iron Cross and the, the Order, Order of Lenin. Lenin. <laughs> You don't think he made that up, do you? <laughs> oh, mm. or, or, or he got them on eBay or yes, something like that. it does that. sound like a particular dictator who was about in those days. Well, that, I yes. mean, that's the thing. There, there is. He's very Idi Amin, isn't there, he? There is, there is an underlying sort of bit of satire every now and then in Absolutely, some of these yeah. stories. Because um, the, the American president in... Uh, in, a, in War of the Empires, he he's, he's, uh, eats peanuts, for instance. So he's clearly based on Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Carter. Carter. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we we didn't say last time about how we'd spotted bits of set uh, design. Oh from, yes, from UFO, wasn't th- it? Th- yeah. There's the old blinky lights thing with yeah. the yellow sort of lights uh, and lights the spooling um, and the tape, tape decks, decks and things yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it, it. I think. There, there is a definite difference between parts one and part two because yeah. I said you're hit with a load of th- if you, especially you, because you've sort of not, as you said, you've yeah. not not seen these, um, so you're hit by the sort of various production decisions or, mm. or things that were forced upon the production. But then, yeah, it it does it does become a bit more bit more serious. I mean, just nice little things like the close up of Papa Min broadcasting to, yeah, the, to the, the world, world. And then you've got Overlay. this montage shot. Yeah. Of of various sort of capital cities and, and life going on as normal and everybody ignoring it like people probably would do. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the other thing that's striking is the unfortunate bit where um, um Sutai Sutai gets, gets shot, shot yeah. a point blank range in the smallest set in the world. Yes, and unfortunately the jungle set is small. It's very and they're solid. trying to stage some action sequences invol- <laughs> involving gunfire and she, things like she's that. She's almost impaled on the barrel of the gun. <laughs> she's fired. You know, fixed bayonets would have been would yeah, have been good enough. Absolutely. And uh, I can't I can't work out why she was still alive. <laughs> well, I didn't didn't uh, she ended up with a little bit of dirt on her chin. A little bit it? of dirt on it. <laughs> and that that was a, that was about it. But um yeah, uh, I said you could have got away with not having the tomorrow people in the second episode. Yeah, I mean they they don't they don't 
it, again, it's a story that and just stops because yeah. they fire the beam and the spaceship blows up and yeah. that's the end of the story, really. So there's no. But as soon as Papa Min appears, he takes over yeah. the whole episode, I mean, doesn't it, he? These two parters are, are quite interesting. That sometimes you think, oh yes, two parts is definitely enough. But this one, I think yeah. you could have spanned it out to a third episode. It, oh. it does the last sort of five minutes. Um, it, it just it, it does seem too quick. It's weird. And a sequel. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, oh yeah, we didn't say about the boil on on the uh, the thing. <laughs> the, the the green thing seems to have a boil on his upper lip. That's a very odd piece of piece, piece of design. Um, but yeah, directed by uh, Peter Yolland, who did um, Rainbow and mm. Button Moon. Yeah. But as you said, you know, stock directors at, at Thames. Yeah. You, you if you worked in the children's sort of area, then you know you'd you'd, you'd be expected to work on yeah. on, Th- on Thames, anything. Thames were very good at retaining a um, a pool of directors, which mm. they use quite regularly. Yeah, because I mean, don't forget the. First director on it is Paul Bernard, ex yeah. of um, Day of the Daleks, Daleks, Daleks yeah. and Frontier in Space, and he, he was brought on board because nobody at Thames was. I mean, there's there's the story about on the first day of recording they managed to get about five minutes done. Really, I and, didn't know that. And they were they were supposed to like sort of have done about half an episode, but because they were so unused to all this sort of effects shots overlaying. Yeah making things appear and disappear and all that. To a certain extent, that's very evident on uh, another programme, but this produced by the sister from LWT when the goodies went over there. You oh, can yes. quite see they yeah. weren't quite geared up for the goodies with the visual effects. That's, that's true, actually, because, yeah, with, with with the goodies, you had the whole... You had a dedicated effects department yeah. supporting it at the BBC. The moment they moved to ITV, it's down to the set designer, basically, Absolutely. which is like early Doctor Who. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Ray Cusick would have to... You know, do the sets and the effects work as well in 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 the Daleks and stuff like that. But overall, then you, you I enjoyed that. You enjoyed that I, more than you thought. I yes, think. I did. Yeah. I, I, I there this there's the annoying aspect of thing. But yeah. However, that grows on you, I and mean, he doesn't appear much in two. But two is a stronger stronger episode than one, hmm. and I did enjoy it. And I, I'm glad you sprung that on. Yeah, me. I, I I just thought no, we'll just try it on you and, and, yeah. and see what you think. I didn't want to give you any warning for this. I have no. the box set, and I haven't seen a um, I haven't seen since transmission. No, and it's one of those box sets that stares at you in the corner, going, <laughs> "Are you ever going to watch me?" And you're thinking, mm. yeah, "I've seen clips, and you you don't know whether you want to." But I do. I want to see some more now. Oh, good. Well, that. that. That could possibly be arranged for the future. Well, Warren, thank you for joining me. Thank you for um, for experimenting with me. And uh, (laughs) yes, we'll go off and do something else now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Mr. Warren. Yes, yes, Warren's helped a lot on this episode. He actually enjoyed yes. doing that more than he, he oh, thought because right, he could, didn't good. quite know what he was what he was in store for. Wow. But I thought that was an interesting yes. experiment. Just yeah. to it's not as awful as some tomorrow people's stories. I, I don't mind the Sargon man. Yeah. It's, it's it's all right. Yeah. Um, but that's just about it for this issue. Finally, uh, they say an, another two-hour one. Yes. I'm afraid. Yes. Um, so. Issue 19 is coming up, yes. and we've got some ideas we have. for that, but we are going to sort of 
have a clean sli- clean slate now. We are. We've, yes, we've used all I our knew, things from the archives. I nearly said just clean sleet. Okay. It's not that cold. No. Um, so some series that we've not covered before yes. uh, now in the queue. Mm-hmm. And we've already started doing the research for at least one of those. We have, we? yes. <laughs> yes, that's been interesting. Involving Mexican hats. Yes. And hair. And, and hair, like the old kings used to wear. Yes. And if you know what series I'm talking about... Well done. Well done. Because <laughs> that was a very obscure reference. Yes. But yes, yeah, so we'll say goodbye now and mm-hmm. then we'll just uh, have a little bit more of Dudley yeah. and then into the end titles. Yes. That was episode 18 of Round the Archives, starring Lisa Parker, Andrew Trowbridge and Warren Cummings, with special guest star Russell Pingelli. Thanks also to IT Williams for the opening continuity announcement. On the musical side, you heard Dan Tate, Dudley Simpson and Paul Chandler. The script for The Tomorrow People, The Thargon Menace was by Roger Price. And the producer was Vic Hughes. <laughs>